Welcome to First Draft. It's the post-combine edition. Mel Kuyper was standing right there. Lucas Oil Stadium next to Todd McShay. A lot of notes were exchanged. A lot of barbs were exchanged, Daniel. It was tense. Uh, and then Mel would just go off into the night and party it up. That's what happened every night. Too bad I, I, I didn't get to break any bread with him, but, no. you know. One well, I was going to, but Todd canceled on me. What's the latest you stayed out, Mel? <laughs> the latest, whenever we went back to the room, we were supposed to go out with Lewis Riddick and, and his group. And I was Which in, was very every, nice of Lou and and everyone in our group to... I mean, they. How I don't even know how they got a table for 10. This was Saturday night. St. Elmo's on Saturday night. That's some sway, man. Two hours before, yeah. but I realized I had, I had a mock to do, and Mel's, you know, Mel's not a big dinner guy. No, I was going to go, and then Todd reminded us that we had some work to do, and I kind of, you know, you kind of lose track of that when Lou's sitting there saying, hey, we're all going to dinner, let's roll, and we're working at walking out of Lucas Oil, and Todd said, well, I got my mock, I can't go, and I said, well, I got, I got stuff to do, too, with the dot-com stuff and all the review of the, the combine, so I couldn't go, so that was the night we had planned to. Todd did a great job. Uh, he was very nice and hospitable. He ordered us all dinner from what, I don't know where it was, but it was an incredible filet. It's from the, the with, family of St. Elmo's. Yep. Yeah, yeah, great mashed potatoes. Brought it back to the room and enjoyed that. So that was thanks to Todd McShay being <laughs> Kuiper, very Kuiper's kind the only and, guy that can get St. Elmo's in his hotel room. No, Todd got it for everybody. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, it was we a party. Had it, we all had it to go. Wow. We ordered, we ordered um, takeout for 44 people that wow. were stuck there until 11 o'clock at night. Kuiper got off a little bit early. <laughs> and I, I said to, to Aaron Dumphy, our, our, she's our girl. She takes care of everything. I said, listen, here's the deal. I order a hundred sides, make sure everyone gets what they want in terms of steak or fish, whatever the, uh, the entree is. But don't let Kuiper leave here without his own box of mashed potatoes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know he's going to need it and I just don't want to hear about it tomorrow. Yeah. Right. I did. I did. I had the filet. A lot of salmon was going on there. It was either salmon or filet, and there was a lot of shrimp cocktail and all kinds of stuff. I was crying. You're a Baltimore Uh guy, Mel. You're not a salmon guy. No, no, Kim is. Yeah, you know, she can get salmon all the time. Lauren gets salmon all the time. I get a fillet or, or or chicken or whatever. But no, the fillet was great. The mashed potatoes were phenomenal. I enjoyed that watching the combine, the finishing up of it uh, at the room that night. And then, of course, we got out of there later that uh, next day. But it was a. I tell you, it was a lot. Going on um, long days, Todd. You had put, you had warned me about the long days. It was a, it's a different. It's it's different, and I like prime time. Listen, baby. We we could work for a living, and I get it. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying, talking. Forget about what you think, what I think, what anyone in the media thinks. The people in the league were coming up to me and saying, like, we're not getting the same workouts, and we're not just we're not getting the same information out of this. Because it's been moved from, we used to be done at 4 p.m. and now it yeah. starts at 4 p.m. and it goes till 11 p.m. in terms of the workouts. And it just, it was a di- very different vibe. I could understand moving forward, maybe you do the, the first night, whatever it is with the quarterbacks and receivers, cause that's good for mm-hmm. TV, but then move it back to what it used to be. Cause it, it's not as big of a TV event as, as the other, you know, offensive skill positions. And nobody wants to be there sitting in, in that stadium where it's silent and you're watching someone run a 40 and you got your stopwatch out at 11 p.m. Yeah. It's just no one's winning. And most importantly, the athlete is not winning. The, the player's not winning. The most important 40 yards you've ever run in your life. 
and you, and you woke up at, at seven a.m. and you thirty-eight p.m. and you may have been woken up one or two times in the middle of the night to take a drug test, Fun. which could happen. Yep. There's medical, there's the the uh, psychological, the wonderlick, all this stuff, and then all of a sudden, hang around, hang around. All right, it's nine thirty. Now it's ten, ten fifteen. Go run your forty. Yeah. Well, yeah, the NFL start. guys and the NFL guys are early risers. Remember Herm getting up yeah, at four, Bruce up at four. These guys are working out at six a.m. They're ready to roll. They're ready to get up, normal routine, get it going, get the Lucas Oil, get the workout started, and and get out of there and have dinner and have a chance to go out with their friends and and network and 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 tell war stories and do all the things they do till whatever time. And, and they didn't have that chance. There was no dinners at seven, eight, nine o'clock at night because they were at Lucas Oil. So uh, for us, we started early with get up and, and, you know, first take and sports center is early. So we're going to do that regardless. And then to have, you know, shows to do late and then the combine going on. Uh, hey, but for the NFL people and, and the players themselves, they're still, like I say, their routine is get up and go and to have to sit around. It reminded me of, of the draft when you had to wait until eight o'clock at night when we're going on and doing our thing. So for us, we're used to that. Uh, we've done it before and it's obviously at the combine side, this is the first time for you would ever work that way. But yeah. I mean, for the NFL and for the players, it was a big adjustment. Yeah, guys, but there was some good performances out of there, and I want to jump to that because there were some guys. The combine, you know, we said it year after year. It doesn't necessarily, it doesn't seem to drag down the top players the most. It solidifies a lot of them, and occasionally you'll get an eye-opening number. But consistently, I think the last few years, we've looked at the top ten players going into the combine, and it's not like it's some dude you had at number five drops into the second round. I mean, you you have a sense of who that player is on tape, and they usually end up backing it up. And the thing that gets them is probably some weird medical. But again, we saw that again this year. I'll start. I just want to start with money makers, just in general. If you if we were going to pick out our top ten money makers, Todd, who who jumps out? You know, one of them just at the top, and I know he solidified it. But Isaiah Simmons, who we've been talking about, oh, he's, he's the number four, maybe he's the number five pick. Suddenly you're starting to think, maybe this guy's the number three pick. Like Isaiah Simmons out of Clemson had one of those workouts that we'll be talking about. I mean, he was 6035. I don't have any of the numbers in front of me. Kuiper has a much better brain than I do. So he'll have all the numbers. But That's a drop. I think it was 6035, 236, 238. Yeah. And he ran a 439. Yeah. If you're. If you're a wide receiver, uh, wide receiver not named Henry Ruggs, you are pumped about running a four three nine. And then you you watch the tape and you see the versatility that he brings. I I think he, I don't want to say he helped himself. And this year's class with you get Derek Brown at defensive tackle from Auburn. You got Jeff Okuda, the the cornerback from Ohio State. Obviously, Chase Young, the other Ohio State player that's going to be somewhere in, I, I think, number two overall, but somewhere in the top five uh, at, at defensive end. But to me, with Simmons, what he was able to run, he just kind of solidified himself somewhere in that top five, seven range. Yeah. No, that's, it's, that's really true. Mel, who he else? was fun to watch, too, yeah. right? Oh. No, you were seeing something. I don't, and I don't mean this to take away from him physically, Mel. It seemed like he looked more like a Calvin Johnson or a Vernon Davis than a linebacker, but a lot of that's just the length. 
Yeah, it's almost like, okay, you know, how we're going to use him, matching up on tight ends, doing all these things, so that sacking quarterbacks, try to get the most out of all this talent at the pro level. But I thought uh, Mackay Becton, uh, to run the way he did, uh, it's a battle between uh, Tristan Wirfs from Iowa and, and Jedrick Wills from Alabama and have the Louisville kid go out and, and run the way he did. 5-1-1 at two six, uh, 364, 364 is yeah. insane, Mel. And he's a good player. And I mean, he's, he's a guy who played yep. right and left tackle. And he's going to go way up there. But again, how high can they go? We had him at 10 to Cleveland. I don't know where you mocked him in the last one, Todd. Uh, I think 8th Arizona you might have yep. had. Yep. Uh, yeah, so he's in that 10. I mean, but if the quarterbacks go, somebody's going to drop down to Jacksonville. They all can't go, regardless of how good they looked at the combine. Because however you want to make the spin this thing, may want to spin it, the quarterbacks are going to go. So if they do, somebody's going to drop just a little bit. It's not going to be the corner Okuda. It may not be Simmons. Brown's going to be in that group. Becton's going to go, and somebody's going to drop down to 8, 9, 10. But I think the receivers, you know, it's a good group. It's not elite um, at the top. Where does Judy, Jerry Judy and C.D. Lamb and Henry Ruggs go? I mean, probably off the top 10 just a bit. I thought of all the guys there, uh, when you look at, at the smaller college guys, and a Kyle Duggar from Lenore Rhine. Uh, and a Jeremy Chin from Southern Illinois, we had mentioned them going into the combine and to come out with the numbers that they did with the productivity, Chin with the 13 career interceptions, 15 tackle day against Western Illinois, running and testing the way he did, Duggar with the 10 career interceptions, six punt return touchdowns, dominating at the D2 level down in Hickory, North Carolina. I was from the pissed when you knew about Duggar. I was really Why? annoyed by that. <laughs> Why? Because yeah, I like you know I like getting into getting to them a little first. out in front on them. Now I, yeah. I had Duggar back in August, but oh, anyway. Oh, um, here we go. Yeah, here Chin. Go. Seriously, I did have ch- Chin. I wrote up Chin you, on ESPN.com. I did. I did. I, seriously, I, I for the under the radar guy back in October. I think I had. I, I think I had Duggar, but you you definitely had Chin. You're right. Mm-hmm. What about some guys that uh, raise the most questions? I you know. Todd, you know, J.K. Dobbins doesn't run. Is it a big deal to you all? What happened with uh, Chase on at LSU? There were some some of the workouts that didn't happen, and I put the quarterbacks in a separate category. Nobody cares that Joe Burrow didn't throw. Not too worried about yep. Chase Young, but were there any of those that kind of raised eyebrows? Well, here's the tough part. Everyone, everyone in the league wants them to work out, right? And I, I get it, and we all do. We, we want to see how they, how they work out, what their numbers are. But you got to understand, like, the players from LSU played three additional games yeah. compared to a lot of other schools, and, and we're playing three, four weeks later than a lot of other schools. And so Clyde Edwards Elaire comes out, and he, he doesn't run a great, what was it, 4 6 1, I think, in the 40 yes. yard dash. Who cares? Put him in the slot. Put him out wide. Uh, watch his vision. Study his tape. This guy's a player. Watch his, his center of gravity and the ability to to grind out three to nine yards just with his lower body strength, even though he's not the biggest back in the world. So I, I, I get why some guys wouldn't come out and compete in the case of uh, uh Levon, but I also... When Edwards Elaire shows up and says, "You know what? I know I'm not going to run well, but I'm still going to compete." I love that too. So I, I, I don't put a ton of stock in in all of this. I, I just think you got to really study the tape and know these players, and you and put some of the stuff in perspective. And and also, there's going to be an LSU uh, pro day, I think, on April the third, and maybe he'll run a little bit better, and and we'll 
kind of compare those times. Yeah, and Grant Delpit, who uh, will be running there as well, will be huge yep. for the safety from LSU. Uh, coming off the ankle, expected to run four four eight. We'll see if he does, but he's expected to run extremely well. You mentioned Clyde Edwards-Alaire with the four six one. You mentioned Devin Singletary last year with the four six six. It doesn't matter. Right. I think when you look at at you know two guys that we had talked about, T. Higgins not working out and KJ Hamler, uh, it would have been nice to see them there. But hey, the pro day is going to be coming up. I was with Cam Brown, uh, uh, Penn State pass rusher, edge guy at the airport leaving Indianapolis. He was disappointed with his four seven, four seven three. He's gonna run again. So uh you know he'll you know it's amazing when you talk to these kids how down they get. I remember with Bosa with Nick last year, disappointed yeah. in his forty time and, and now you know Cam Brown I said, Cam, you know, run again. He said he was running four five five, four five eight every time and then runs a four seven, four seven three. He ran right after Jordan Brooks, which wasn't a good one to run after, you know, with a four five four what Jordan ran, uh, even with coming off that shoulder injury, a heck of a player out of Texas Tech inside linebacker. But I think uh, you see these kids, uh, they get so fired up. It's pressure. It's their, their technique. Like he said, his yeah. technique was a little off and, running the 40. So the pro day can make up for it. different, Mel. Like, yeah. As you well know, mm-hmm. and the Boses, that they competed, right? And then if you really study the history of the of pass rushers, it's about three cone, uh, the shuttle, and what those numbers. And they killed it. But yeah, uh, Joey ran what a four eight two somewhere in that yeah. range, and Nick ran a a better a better number, but was I, four, still seven. miserable. Uh, what, four, seven eight or seven six? Yeah, it was. I I don't know if it was seven eight or seven six, but yeah. high four seven. High he four bummed, seven. He was bummed out. Yeah, and then he was still complaining about it when I was it at uh, Ohio State's pro day three weeks later, and I was like, Bud, don't worry about it. Right. Like the rest of your numbers are great. If you want to do some drills, do some drills. But we. We know what you can do as a player. Everyone in the league does. Don't worry about it. But um, it's easier for it's easy to say for the top ten, fifteen percent. But the rest of them, there there is some stuff on the line. Hey guys, I wanted to flag this too because you guys you guys have both agreed that this wide receiver class is really deep. And Todd, when you mentioned Hamler didn't even run, mm-hmm. uh, T Higgins, who we didn't think was going to run really fast, but he didn't run. But we still had, you know, there were some questions that are like, oh, because there wasn't that like crazy time because rugs didn't just do the break an all time record. People, I think, are overlooking the fact that like 20 guys, I think, ran sub four, five, one. Exactly. There fans four, five, one is not slow. It's not slow. It, 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 it confirms that you're fast. It doesn't mean you're the fastest. But I mean, there's guys like Julio Jones, John Peril in our stats, right. stats and info guy. I asked him before we came into the combine to, to take the best 10 wide receivers in this class. He actually did it for every position for me. Mm-hmm. What's the 40 time? What's the average? And it was, I think it was 454. Four. Right. And the average in the last five years in the combine is like a 457 for wide receivers. So Jerry Judy runs what? A 444 four, was it? Right. CD Lamb runs a four-five-one coming out of Oklahoma, and everyone's like, oh, "He's a little slow." And the other crazy part was, and <laughs> I was part of it. Henry Ruggs from Bama comes out and runs a four-two-seven. We were all like, eh, "Bummer." Yeah, it didn't. 
But that's just, I mean, what's the difference between 427 and 422? Once they're in the top, nobody gives a dag on what I these know. 40s were. And Ruggs yeah. loves to play special teams. He will block, and he's the alpha dog in the room, and you're getting a great football player. So it starts with Judy, in my opinion. C.D. Lamb's right there, and Henry Ruggs. Then there's a tiny bit of a drop-off, but Justin uh, Jefferson from LSU, he ran well. Uh, I think it was 443. Mm-hmm. He's a bigger player, tough, physical, contested catches. Pittman ran good. Yep. Yes. Yeah, I mean, there's so many good players. 452 for, Pitt, four, for Pittman is pretty good. And, which was better than the 454... For Schuster. Schuster. Yeah, Schuster. For, yeah, exactly. But again, this is, this is just yet another year at the wide receiver position, guys, where... I don't care if there's the high end and it's Michael yeah. Thomas or the median end and it's Schuster, Juju Smith-Schuster or it's Owen oh, and it's Allen Robinson. There are so many of these yeah. guys that are big and fast and run. It's like yeah, Denzel Mims from Baylor is probably going to be a second round pick. And look, mm-hmm. and look at the numbers. I mean, he's, he's flying four four threes. I had twenty. I had seventeen going into the Senior Bowl in yeah. the first three rounds. Twenty after that, and now I mean, you could argue somewhere in the like 22 to 25 range in terms of receivers that they, they may not go, but they deserve to go based on grades from NFL teams. Yeah, it's right. more than running. It's catching the ball. James Prochet catches the ball, Todd, so easily. Oh, I love him. Smooth. He's got He's great three, but I love him. Yep. What's that? I said Todd I, had him years ago. Yeah, yeah. He knew him when he was in high school. But no, Prochet catches the ball so well that if you can get him in day three, which you probably will, I mean, he's going to be a nice fit for somebody and a nice contributor. So just it's more than the 40s. It's watching these guys catch the football. That's why I want to say Hamler. We'll see it at his pro day. Catching the ball is going to be important for him. Higgins wasn't about the 40. It was more about his explosiveness yeah. and and things like that. So we'll watch him, but uh, he's still a first-round pick. Hamler's probably a borderline one, late one, early to mid two. But I think Prochet is a guy that's going to be overlooked, may get lost in the shuffle just a bit, mm-hmm. highly productive every year. And just to, just watching him catch the ball, it's like it's like a shortstop with soft hands. You know, you don't, you don't get the bobbles. You know, it's just everything with him is natural, and he gets it. So, guys, one other category here. We know the wide receivers, or excuse me, the wide receivers obviously are loaded, but we know the quarterbacks at the top of the board. Mm-hmm. I'm interested, the the buzz you guys were hearing about that second tier, who's going to be a day two quarterback? Because that's where it gets a little bit more mixed. I'll start it. Todd, the name that popped up for me is a lot of warm warm feelings in uh, the workouts, everything around Jalen Hurts. It starts to you start to think, okay, maybe threes here, maybe maybe there's a two to be found here. What's what's your vibe on who moved up from that second tier? Hurts <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Hurts had a great workout. I was surprised. Mm-hmm. I watched him throwing and. I, it looked like he had, too, he had a more compact delivery and the ball was coming out on time. And he's always had a good arm. That's never been in question. But he was placing the ball better than when you study his tape and what you see. Um, it was interesting. It really look, This year you could actually see the differences between people. Obviously Burrow and uh, Tua Tungavailoa didn't work out. Herbert with the, the ability to drive it. Jordan Love with the twitch. From struggling to get the ball in the deep out routes, that that was punishing to watch. Even though I think he's one of the brightest, if not the brightest, uh, quarterback in terms of football intelligence in this class. Jacob Eason, how great his deep accuracy was. There were so many different things to take from uh, from this group, but I I did think Hurts 
way exceeded my expectations, at least, Mel. Yeah, Hurts and Fromm. It was it was kind of who's going to go f- higher in the draft, and people say automatically it's going to be. You still Fromm. have to take Fromm though, right? Well, you may have to, you may not. Do you think he's Aaron Murray, Eric Zier, or more Andy Dalton? That's what I say. I, I think after watching it, you think more Eric Zier, who was I think a third round pick when he came out of Georgia. Zier was good enough to tank uh, Belichick in Cleveland. Yeah, so I mean uh, that's the name you heard, uh, Eric Zier. Yeah. So um, I think with with Hertz, Hertz is Taysom Hill. He's going to be using that role. You know, you're getting. You're, what are you getting out of Jake Fromm? You're not going to get anything the first year. You're going to get Hurts in packages. You're, you're going to no, see him on the backup, field. A really smart backup. He's going to play. He's going to play in packages, and he's going to be that Taysom Hill role. You can change things up. You can get productivity. You can get con- Even contributions out of Hurts. Love him or still are looking forward to seeing a little bit more physical talent at that position, which is crazy to say. I like I you know I love Jake Fromm as much as anyone in, in the country, any scout out there. But uh but there are some people at Georgia who are like, listen, we love him. He was so amazing. What what he did, you can't deny it. But there are some people who are like, yeah, we're looking forward to getting a little bit more physical talent to work with. Yeah, and that doesn't mean that in the third round he wouldn't be a guy somebody's going to bring in. I just think Hurts, you know you're getting that word contribution as a rookie. He's going to be able to contribute for you, and he's going to give defensive coordinators a little bit something to worry about. So if you get him in the fourth round, uh, then you got a guy I think at that point will help your football team. I think Steven Montez from Colorado is still an enigma. He's got talent. Uh, he's got the size, the arm talent, athleticism. He just needs to be more consistent. You bring him in, you develop him as a guy down the road may be something uh, to look at uh, and see what he can do. Eason, to me, is a tough one to evaluate. I, I, I was a little, I was a little underwhelmed. You talk about the deep ball, fine. That's his strength. He's got the big arm, but mm-hmm. yeah, he's just a little inconsistent. But he was at Washington the same way. I still think he's borderline late first, early to mid second. Uh, he still could sneak in there as your fifth quarterback. He could. Um, with Love and Herbert obviously vying for that spot, and our bet we'll get to sooner or later during this podcast. But <laughs> I think when you look at, at at Eason, he's still kind of a wild card there in round one. But well, he's I, he, yeah, he's he's yeah. the wild card. Yeah, it's either if if you're Vegas and you're setting the line, it's yeah. it's four or four, four and, and a half. half yeah. and Eason is the swing vote. Yeah, I thought I had heard four and a half when we before the combine. You thought. Well, it's going to get the four, maybe. Now four looks definite, and then and it'll like, get to four pretty quickly. And then all of a sudden, there will be a, a pretty big drought. I think. I and the only way that happens, probably in the first, is somebody trading in to get Eason. It or, wouldn't be probably somebody taking him. Whether it's New Orleans, New England, maybe. But yeah. that's pretty much it. The free agency thing is yeah, it makes it wild this year. I love uh, I love how we're going to get to Vegas, Mel and Todd. Every year we do the props show, and Todd, you know, during the the reads are after the show's like, dude, I could, I got that. I got that. I know SEC <laughs> players in the top ten. Well, well, now Todd's got like Stanford a little band, a little t- band of runners. Me. Is it going to be four or five offensive guards? I mean, we're only going to be like 50 yards from Caesars. Todd's going to have to have like a crew of runners. It's like four and a half. Get, get me That's on a that. a good point. Remind me to get, go to the ATM. Mel, I'll, this, I'll take some cash my, out for you. Well, there's a limit. There's a limit on how much you can play on these. The wages. props, it's I like three. You can't go in there with ten. I tried one you year. Can't, you can't try to win fifty thousand on a prop that but you Mel, love. But Mel, yeah. the limits are going to be like you know they're going to be like three hundred up to a dime, and Todd's get. Todd, it's not that he's going to be on one. He's going to be on ten of them. Yeah, I so. plan on bringing five thousand with me today. <laughs> I well, hope yeah, you, well, you, you bet you're going to need it, Venmo, guys. We're going to take. Account. We're going to jump into for obvious reasons, right, Todd? Yes, <laughs> guys. We're going to jump into the always, 
odd NFC South teams. We got the Panthers picking at seven. We got the Bucks at fourteen. We got the Falcons at sixteen, and we got the Saints at twenty-four. Mel, I'm going to get this started with the Panthers. Let's see if we can find a good disagreement between you two because you mm-hmm. both have Derek Brown as a fit there. Some way on how the board falls, but I, I'm really fascinated here because I want to know how much juice Matt Rule has, and I want to know how much he likes his quarterback. Not just for this year, but for next year. Is am I just crazy to think that there's a quarterback maybe in play at seven? You see, you know, Cam's going to be there. I, I, I don't know. I, I, at seven to get the Burrow is not happening. Yeah. Tua probably not happening. Um, I don't know how they feel about Herbert and Love. Uh, that's up to Matt Rule and his staff there with Brady um, to try to figure that out. Uh, yeah, there, there could be that could be the spot. I, I don't. Derek Brown. We're all mocking Derek Brown. Like you did, I did the first two mocks of Derek Brown. You figure he can't get past there. But the quarterback spot, if they feel, hey, one of those two, whether it be Herbert or Love. Assuming Tua goes uh, somewhere ahead of them and they don't trade up to get him and locking in Burrow to the number one spot to the Bengals, yeah, I do think quarterbacks in play. I think for them in that division, yeah, Tampa Bay is going to do something. They're, they got well, Jameis is sitting there as kind of an insurance policy. If we can't improve it, we'll see what Tampa does. Atlanta's got Matt Ryan for a little longer. New Orleans, Drew Brees for another year. Then is it Taysom Hill? This is where if you can hit with that young quarterback, uh, then you got a little bit of a leg up in this division Todd it's kind of fascinating too because you know they have Cam Newton obviously but the injuries have popped up and he's really entering his the last year of his deal by all intents and purposes but I think the weapon situation here is interesting obviously you have Christian McCaffrey he's kind of that he's the hybrid the Alvin Kamara role maybe with a little more volume then you've got a guy who started out as a running back at Ohio State and Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore is is a weapon in play here at seven as well. I, I like how I'm just going away from this I, awesome player, Derek Brown. But I, I'm I'm fascinated. I I would, I mean maybe, but no, <laughs> maybe, but no. I I think they need a corner. They need defensive line. I mean, you yeah. look at what that defense. They, got they need an offensive tackle. They gave up 58 sacks last season. Yeah. They were fourth worst in the league in terms of rushing yards allowed. They're losing McCoy, uh, Gerald McCoy, Mario Addison, Bruce Irvin, uh, Vernon Butler. This team needs someone who can come in and be an impact player in the front seven. And they could use a really good offensive lineman if they can get one. If, you, if you're sitting at seven and there's a deal to move back a little bit, maybe you do that and, and try to package and, and get a, an offensive tackle later in the first and, and a defensive lineman you know, four, five, six uh, spots later. Because we talked about 12, 13, and 14 are in play in terms of teams that need a quarterback and want to move up to go get one. And some, somehow, some way, if there's a quarterback sitting there at seven, then maybe Carolina could cash in on it. But yeah. To me, if it's not quarterback, then we got to go D line. We got to go O line, and then we need a we need a cornerback as well before we even start thinking about offensive weapons. Yeah, and the shame is you develop a guy like James Bradbury, who's a real good mm-hmm. corner, and he's got the length. He's coming on, and you could lose him. Uh, I see about the franchise tags and all that thing, but he's going to be a hot guy in free agency. And in that division, you're going up against a lot of talent. I mean, you got with Evans. Think about that division, Todd. You got to deal with Evans, and you got to deal with Julio. 
Okay, so you got to have a corner with some size and the long arms and the length and the physicality. And Bradbury gives Carolina exactly that. But if he moves on, and obviously you mentioned corner is a need, Bradbury's going to be one to watch to see where he lands in free agency. Hey, Mel and Todd, I guess it's not really a, a draft question per se, but it's it's a fascinating thing that happens when a guy goes to Temple, and obviously there's some pedigree before that, but he goes to Temple. I mean, he's he's it's it's good. He gets them to a place that they 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 don't really get to. He goes to Baylor, and it's a mess. And you know, Matt Rule, Matt Rule looks he's he's a builder. I guess Mel, both of you though, but Mel start like, are you all in? Are you all in on Rule? Are are you are you mm-hmm. buying? I mean, you watch a lot of college football. Obviously, is this this guy had competition? And like they said, they basically didn't let him get on the plane to New York. Yeah. Golden rule. Yeah, I, I think he is the right guy there. I love the way he talks about communicating with players, Todd. He's big into that. Um, and that's what I always think. I always think I'm amazed by the lack of communication in some of these organizations. Mm-hmm. That they don't let players know and, and where they stand. And they, it's confusing sometimes as to why that's not happening. I, I don't get it. Matt Rule's big on that. So I think there's an immediate respect there, credibility there. And I think that there's nowhere to go it up. Now they have a lot of needs. This team's got a lot of areas, yep. kind of carrot down and then build it back up is I think what Carolina needs to do here at certain spots a lot of holes a lot of issues but I think for Matt Rule if I'm a Panther fan I think I got the right man for the job I would be very surprised if in three to four years we're not sitting here saying Matt Rule's one of the better head coaches in the NFL I I was down in Waco I mean I've met him a a few times but I was in Waco Mm -hmm. I think it was late October early November he's he's very easy to talk to and which is really important, but people, I think we kind of over, we overestimate what players are looking for. Like, be able to talk to me, mm-hmm. but be honest with me, and then push me to get better somehow. And he does all of those things. Now, he has an old school mentality, and that's going to be, in my opinion, the only part that's going to be interesting to watch because he pushes his players, his college players, very hard. And, you know, you find the 32-year-old NFL Grizzly veteran that really just doesn't want that. But can he find the right players and make sure that everyone in the organization is bought in? I think he can, and I, I love him. I think he's I think he's going to be a great coach. I agree with you. But I, that would be the only thing, if I was consulting him, which I'm absolutely not, <laughs> he's much smarter than me, but that's going to be the interesting dynamic or the tightrope to walk early in his NFL coaching career as a head coach. Push them, but how do you manage some of the old guys that just, you know, they don't need it anymore. Guys, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers honestly actually had some some really positive things happen last season, even though they're even though they weren't in the playoffs. Probably more competitive than some people realize. A lot of that was obscured, Mr. Kuyper, because we still, at this point, don't know what we have in Jameis Winston. I mean, he's he's the human roller coaster. He can throw three picks in the first quarter and then throw himself a rope and be brilliant for the next three. And now they're at this inflection point, really, in in terms of the the the. Yeah. the the direction of the franchise, Ugh. because they got to decide, is this guy worth like 15 to 20% of our cap? 
Yeah, it's hard. It's astonishing. It's hard. I just talked about Carolina, and I mentioned how bad, hey, if they can hit the quarterback, whether it's Herbert or Love or whoever, they got to leg up because, you know, you think about the division. Breeze is nearing the end of the trail. We don't know what Tampa's going to be. I was just going to say, this is a fascinating division in terms of age and question marks at the quarterback position. Winston is frustrating. I know. know. Because 30 touchdown passes, but 30 uh, picks. They said, now, I heard Bruce Arians. it is to throw 30 picks in the modern NFL? It's just like, sometimes you think he's just snake bit, or what's he looking at? Why'd he do that? Uh, Sometimes he's, but out of the 30, Bruce Arians said 10 were on, on, uh, 10 were legitimate. Like, you could see 10. Right. Which means. Oh, 10 were legit. Yeah, legit interceptions. Like they were twenty shouldn't have happened, is what you're saying. So he's yeah, got. He had the same thing in college, and Bill Polian was yelling at me about that too. Now he says now, you know, with his seeing better, being able to have the better vision, because yeah. he's got that corrected, and yeah. a lot of his balls sail high for they did in college as well, because he was prone to that. But to, if he could cut that from thirty to fifteen, yeah, he was thirty to fifteen and... touchdown interception ratio, but thirty thirty, uh, and like I say, Arians, and I think what Arians is saying, can I get better? Uh, now I'm not. I would rather have. I'll say this. I would rather have Jameis Winston and Teddy Bridgewater right now, because he knows this offense. Arians likes it. He did throw for a lot of yards and 30 touchdowns. I would give him one more year before I would make that kind of lateral move. Possibly go there. Would you you cut the cord with Jameis to go to Bridgewater and think you're getting a huge improvement? Why can't I have both? That's a lot of cap. But, 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 so let let Jameis go play the market. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's nobody that's going to give him a a starting quarterback. That's what I'm saying. So let him play the market, bring in Teddy. It is a lot of cap, but you know what? Like you got to figure out that position. And Teddy's not going to make the mistake, but Teddy's not going to give you the ch- take chances Ted, down the field. If That's he's healthy. He's going to win you games, and you're going to be you, you got a shot. It's just about keeping him healthy. That's the whole thing, in and my this, opinion. This was a this was a greatly improved defense the last year. That was part of what was so frustrating about Jameis is. They actually had a lot of things they kept going him on in games where they said, Jameis, if you don't lose this game, yeah. we won't lose this game. But he did. Yeah, he and had good rapport. He had good rapport right. with a guy who was a bust here in Baltimore and Brashad Perriman. Brashad Perriman came through with a lot of big catches for that football team. They got him in a slot. They moved him around, and he made plays. And and all of a sudden, you had Godwin. They got they O.J. Howard getting the, in, in, in a strong role now yeah. in that offense. Mike Evans. Yeah, I mean, the, Jones, he's a given. I mean, things. he's got. Yeah, he has no excuses. No, but the offensive line's still a bit of a of, of a question mark. That, that's a concern with Dotson being yeah, a free agent. So we'll see what they it's do. It's okay, with, though. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Right. And I think Jameis, another year with Jameis. I, you know, I would roll one more year. Aaron's is secure. He's not. I would roll one more year with Jameis and hope that he can significantly cut down on those. If he doesn't, then you know you're cutting the cord. Gone. See ya. Goodbye. But I would go one more year with Jameis if, if the option was like, say, Teddy. I like Teddy, but I like Jameis. He was number one pick in the draft. Are you kidding? We yeah. thought Jameis would be franchised. And right now, Tampa should be sitting here, Todd, at this stage of the game with Cam Newton being a question mark and Drew one more year and Matt Ryan getting a little older now. Yeah. They should be, they should have the, the guys. This is what they set up for. Exactly. It, it was all set up. They should be dominating exactly. the quarterback right Right now, and, and all right. So you look at the defense, though, and I know some of these guys are getting older. But if you look at the two deep between Indomitian and Sue, Carl Nassib, did they sign Shaq Barrett during the? Okay, I heard they might franchise him. They might okay. franchise him. It's all it's on the way. Bo Allen. I mean, there are there are nine guys in the two deep in their front seven that I'm looking at right now that potentially 
could leave uh, via free agency. And that was the strength of the team last year. Right. So you got to make sure you can sign those guys. Plus, are we? What do we do with uh, with Jameis? And then are we bringing in another quarterback? So they they've got some work to do. And again, they're at the draft spot at fourteen. Yep. Where it's not like you're going, oh, you know, one of these quarterbacks is going to drop. No, <laughs> it ain't happening. And if one of them is there, there's a reason, and it, nobody's thinking, all right, this guy's immediate competition for. Oh, by the way, the guy with franchise it, for thirty million. It could happen though. I mean, you know, Mel and I get heated and gets competitive. But Burrow's going one, we all assume. Right. Tua Tungavailoa is going to go in the top five, I think probably in a trade a little bit earlier, assuming the medical continues to go well. Then Herbert and Love, Justin Herbert from Oregon, Jordan Love, Utah State, they're somewhere in that range. you got the Chargers at six, the Panthers at seven, and then, 12, again, 12, 13, 14. So he could get there. One of those guys could get there, I should say. But... But you can't bank on it, and then do you start packaging picks, which I would not want to do to no. go up and take a chance. As much as I love love, as Mel says, and as much as Mel loves Herbert, and I like Herbert, I wouldn't want to package picks to go up and get one of those two Let guys. me just correct one thing Todd just said. I yes, like sir. Herbert. I don't love Herbert. Okay. Oh. Got to clarify. There's a big it's difference. interesting there. how... how um how feelings change over. No, no, nothing you changed. Know? This is a mock draft. You, see, you, you always see you're, you're such a. No, I'm just, You're such a. I'd say a frustrating entity. That's what I'll say for that. Because sometimes I think you get it and you're doing the mock perfectly and you're not caring about ratings. And then you jump back into talking about like what we think about these players matters when you do a mock. It doesn't matter. Wherever I say about Herbert, where he's like, has nothing the to do with The only time I, I don't get it is when I'm trying to fight you. No, no, you got it the other day when you were doing your mock. You explained the fact that it's about what you're hearing. It's not about what we think about a player in terms of yes. a rating. I said, I perfect, perfect. I've screamed enough. McShay got it. Todd's Today, been, Todd's revert been, back to your old form. Todd's been doing this for about 20 years, but it's good to know people. He, he can still, Herbert. He can still. I don't love her. I said, I Papa said. Papa Kuiper's lap and get a draft lesson. Chris, I said all along. I don't even know what. I, I said, boom. I don't know. I would, you know, Herbert, I don't know. Can I, can I, I don't know what kind now? of quarterback he's going to be. How can I love somebody when I don't know what kind of quarterback they're going to be? Hey, Thanks, Mel, Santa. I do, I do love that. Who was it that said Jameis was a little snake bit? Cause I'll tell you what, snake bit will get you 15. It won't get you 30. I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> Guys. Hey, some of those interceptions did come towards the end of the games. There was a lot. Of, I like yeah. to know how many came late when he was just, you know, after having three, end up with four or five. I'm convinced just... of this with interceptions. It, it all evens out. Not necessarily in one year, but right. it all evens out. You, there are so many that we throw that should be picked that are not picked, and there are so many that we throw that are touchdowns, and they're picked, and it's a pick six, so. It, it evens out over time, and and listen, he, you can say ten, you can say ten for Jameis Winston. That's fine. I'll tell you what the worry, but he earned the, he earned at least twenty of those. The worry with Jameis Todd is he's evening out pretty high. I know, I know. <laughs> Guys, let's hit the Falcons. This is an interesting one because this team, I mean, this team was in the race to pick number one overall, which had us starting on like existential Matt Ryan questions. And then suddenly, the second Dan Quinn basically got fired, he's like, all right, well, now we're not going to lose anymore. So I have no idea what this team is next year. I have an inkling that Austin Hooper might not be around. That seems like a big deal. Julio Jones, who has been aging averse, uh, you know, is, is 
Starting to get a little bit older, even though he's got a pile of money stacked onto his name. There's major questions on the defensive line, especially about who's going to get to a quarterback. Mel, get me started here. Like you've given these guys, um, you've given them uh, Epinesa. You've given them Todd's given them Chase. On obviously, you're looking at that pass rush, yeah. and if they can find value there at 16, but. I don't know, man. It's a mystery team, and I feel that way about the draft, though I, I think you're on the right spot with that D-line. Yeah, think about this team since the Super Bowl when they were so healthy, only offensive line healthy from start to finish. And since they lost that game to New England that they really should have won, then look what's happened. They, they haven't had good luck on the injury front. It's kind of been hit or miss. And guys in and out. Uh, now you mentioned Hooper is a free agent, tight end. Uh, they have to figure out the pass rush. Uh, running back, you could address that at some point. You're probably going to have to. Uh, but a pass rusher. Vic Beasley was not the guy. Uh, they got to get a pass rusher. There's no doubt about it. And, and we'll see. Epinesa's workout pro day wise and run great. Okay. Drills, but had a productive career, had a strong finish to the season when he dominated a guy, Austin Jackson, at some think is in the late first round discussion. So I think Atlanta's a team, Todd, where how many more years are you going to get Matt Ryan at his best? <sighs> All-time high grade for Todd. Three? Yeah. Three, yeah, three. Hope. I would say yeah. three. You would hope, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's oh, 08 is when he came in the league. He's not, he, you know, he's not Breeze, but he takes good He takes good care of himself. I I would say two to three yeah. of, at a good high level. If he's, he's got a, it's, it, the league's changing. We've talked about it a lot. Um, he needs protection. More so than most quarterbacks that have come in the league in the last few years. So, hundred percent. If if you you, you got to make sh- you got to know your personnel. That's the whole thing. So so if we got a, a quarterback that can't move that well and has got to be able to follow through as much as possible or as many times as possible, then let's get him an offensive line that's going to protect him and let's go from there. Let's get him they a running back. Last year. They, I, I know, but let's continue to do it and let's mm-hmm. make sure that that's that's the strength of our team. If that's going to be my quarterback, then I got to make sure that he's at his best. So I need a running back that can either protect, or actually a running back that can protect and or catch the ball in the backfield, make things happen. So if he's got to dump it off, and then I need I need offensive linemen, and I'm going to need a, a couple tight ends. If you're going to do it this way, you got to do it the right way. And to me, that they should be putting a lot of money into running back, defense, uh, offensive line, and additional tight end. And I, I get it; they need a corner, they need defensive line, and we gave them those positions. But I, I would go on the offensive side to make sure I'm giving Matt Ryan the best chance to succeed because he's really the only chance that we have to make a run at this thing. Yeah, I'd add a guy like uh, Edwards Alaire, Cam Akers, Florida yeah, State. Try, yes. I tried a guy like Harrison Bryant from Florida Atlantic. Cam Akers Colton is a badass. Man. I told you about that. You're they got on. a lot of guys they could get in a second, third, fourth round at those positions of need and, and get the pass rush and help out McKinley and Grady Jarrett and get that and then get the running back down the line just a bit. Get the tight end down the lines. I think running back and tight end, you can find some guys in that, like say, two to five, two to four range that can be nice players for you. I'll tell you what, the the Falcons are kind of, I mean, we know the Saints are good, but the Falcons, among the other three teams, are like, they're all the same. You you honestly don't know which direction they're going to go because you can say, okay, Matt Rule's going to get this thing going in Carolina good. We believe in him. Um, you know, if Jameis, if Jameis threw half the interceptions, you could make a case that Tampa Bay wins 10 games last year and half being only 15. That's not even that low of a number. And then this team you don't even know because they were a great team down the stretch, like weirdly good down the stretch. 
And they were horrible, epic, like famously bad defense for eight weeks. So get good players because I have no idea what they're going to be next season. They've been tough to evaluate. Oh, my and gosh. Even, even the people in the organization. Even Ryan. Two year, so t- two years ago, it was all the injuries, right. especially on the defensive Old sides. Defense. And then this past year, the inconsistency, starting slow, finishing fast, they know they are well aware that they have really good players and that they're capable of competing. I'm not saying it's a Super Bowl, but definitely a playoff-type team. But they also know that they've got to stop the injuries and be more consistent. So I actually, I you know, yeah. belaboring a little bit, but I mm-hmm. actually kind of found it fascinating. And I actually liked it that they hung on with – Quinn, because you know it's well, kind of like, that was a rally like, late. Yeah. It's kind of like when you cut a kicker. You know, the guy goes over four, and you cut him, and then you go, "Oh, we got to go pick up a guy who wasn't in the league yesterday." You know, he's not necessarily better than your guy, and that's like you, you, you. If you fire Quinn, Mel, you end up in a situation where like, oh, wasn't this guy just in a Super yeah. Bowl like two years ago? <laughs> that's that's not so. It would have been smart. They the rally late though saved them. Let's face Absolutely. it, the rally late saved. But it shouldn't have even mattered because they did get to a Super Bowl, which they should have won. Right. Uh, if they you know, moved with, away from Mike Smith, who's a good football coach, and had them having a lot of success to go to Quinn, he gets them to the Super Bowl game. Like I said, they should have won. They haven't really recovered since the next year. They had all those injuries, and now all of a sudden they're kind of a Jekyll and Hyde team. So again, they're always one of those teams. You, you want to always say they're going to be a playoff team, but you're hesitant. Last year, going into last year, I thought they were, and they certainly they played like it down the stretch. But they got to put a full season together, and they have not recovered totally since that Super Bowl loss. The New Orleans Saints, guys, we'll wrap it up here. Todd, this is a, a weird case where you assume Drew Brees will be back. Obviously, they'll figure it out. Kick the kick the cap issues down the road for another five years, but like. You're looking at the Saints, and it's weird to have to say, well, they'll be good if Drew Brees is good. You know, because we've always assumed Brees is going to be good, but he can't have that year, or he can't lose a weapon. Michael Thomas got a flat tire in the same way that, like, Gronk did, and it changes the Patriots. But does he have that Brady year where you start asking questions? You're like, well, I don't know if this guy can paper over holes the way he could previously. Like, you've given him in a previous draft, you've given Brandon Ayuk from what, uh, Arizona State, so they have that other weapon to go with Michael Thomas, what else are you seeing here? Um, you know, beyond that, I think they could use another corner. They could go. I think you've got to make sure again, know your know your quarterback. You've got to make sure you're you're tight on the interior offensive line. A versatile tight end would be a, another spot, but. I'd say, you know, they don't have to use a first round pick, but I think they need some speed at wide receiver. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, you're playing on the turf a lot. And if you're not playing on turf in that division, you're playing in good weather the vast majority of, of the time. You got a quarterback that has a, a good arm and has great timing. And you need to offset, you know, Thomas is a possession receiver who, get, he creates and he go the 50-50 ball and all that. But if you could get a slot and now all of a sudden we can, we can put a, a speedster in this, like a, I'm not saying Ruggs is going to be available at 24. Henry Ruggs, the, the wide receiver from mm-hmm. Alabama, there's no chance. But, uh, if you could get like a Brandon Ayuk who averaged, averaged 18 yards per catch, uh, 16 per punt return, 34 per kick return during his, his, uh, past season at Arizona State. And throw him in the slot and get him to, to kind of offset what you have. And 
that's that's what they do best. And and yes, they want to continue to get better at corner and all those spots, but get weapons in this system and you're going to flourish. Yeah, Trey Quant's miss a guy they would they hope they would get getting a little more out of. We'll see yep. what he can do now in year three. If they're showing promise and kind of falling back, having his moments late, we'll, we'll see what he can do. This is a team that the Minneapolis Miracle beat them, then the bad call beat them. Last year, Breeze fumbled, then there was it a penalty on Rudolph? Wasn't. Okay, so they, they left plays on the field in that game last year against Minnesota. This is a team three straight years you would have thought had everything in place to be a Super Bowl team. And not, some of the things they had no control over went against them. This past year, some things they did control went against them. Some things they didn't went against them. So, again, they have just not had, I want to say, good luck. They've had horrible luck. And they've had bad things happen at the most inopportune times. They've been what, what Madden used to say about it's one game. Playoffs are tough. They're as good one as in any team in, in the whole league. Yeah, but yeah. three years in a row, Todd? Three no, years I know. In I'm a just row, saying, they blew like, talent-wise, I, I would go to war with this team every year, and if – you come up short, you come up short. I'm just saying, from a talent perspective, they're right there. They remind me of, like, uh, like Sean Payton's got this thing going on where he's like a Marty Schottenheimer team, whether it was the Chargers and it was clearly a 15-1 and team and then suddenly LaDainian Tomlinson's fumbling or with the Browns and Binder. I mean, they've really been Chiefs that team. had that issue for a while. Yeah. No, absolutely. Three straight years with us. Three straight years with this team. And, and they only got one more year with Drew. So, th- Andy, again, we're going to be talking about the A lot of times, too, but... You know, at, at some point, it yeah. comes together. Yeah, and we're gonna be talking, this, this time next year, we're going to talk about Taysom Hill being the quarterback with the Saints. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's a pull. Hey, um, guys, we're going to wrap up the first draft for this week there with the Saints. We gave you, like, you know, 54 minutes of content, a couple nice fights. Looks pretty good. Daniel walked back in, so he's not uh, ditching the show. <laughs> I am I Chris. Think we fought, did we, Mel? No. We clarified. It's like Jerry Maguire. You think we're fighting, and I, th- I think we're just talking. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, Mel, Todd, it was great. Enjoyed Combine. Mel survived Indy for the second straight year. That's huge. That's huge. Getting... Can't wait to fly to Vegas with them. Oh, my gosh. Oh. I can't wait for Mel to fly to Vegas and bring the kayak so he can go out in the Bellagio Fountain. And yeah, the kayak doesn't leave the compound, believe me. I'm not, I'm not telling you any dates or where he lives. I'm just telling you there is a storm brewing, and it's headed towards Mel's house Right around his birthday this year. And he he doesn't want us there, but there's going to be about 15, 20 of us who are going to show up at his place, and his lovely wife is going to accept us there, and he's going to be really upset with me. And we're <laughs> moving soon. I have so many executives asking me about this. This is taking on a, a life of its own. Bigger than, people, bigger than our $5,000 bet for the V Foundation. Let me just real quickly say yes. what McShay talked about this. You can Wikipedia. The birthday's coming up. It's it's a big number, but it's a number I don't really want to talk about because I'm getting old. I've been old for a long time, but 40. now I'm really old, especially when you'll get McShay and, and Sproul and all these young guys. Dan, everybody's young. I'm, I'm just the old guy now. Which I was crazy because I started when I was the young guy. Now I'm the old guy. But anyway, exactly. So I was always too young. Now I'm too old. But anyway, right after (laughs) we have a big event, we have a big event in July. Then this not so big event that they're making bigger than it really is. I think we're going to just to bother you. I'll tell you what. Kent Island's going to be rocking in July. I'll say that Kent Island is going to be Eastern Shore of Maryland is going to be rocking in July. It's. It's tough love, Mel. That's what it is. It's tough love. <laughs> Guys, that is first draft for this week. Oh, we got party plans. We got the NFC South. It's all there. Combine moneymakers. Oh, we'll do it again next week. <laughs>